the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We're in the first chapter of Romans, and we are looking at Paul describing the condition of a man without God. And you know, it's very important that we look at that because it is from the contrast of that depravity, of that darkness, of that total, total lostness, we see what Christ has done for us. It is in that darkness we behold the salvation of the Lord. We behold what God has done for us. How He has brought us up. When we begin to see ourselves as one of the crowd, as one of the world, we lose the significance of who we are. We become blind. and Our eyes are dim to the truth. It's very important that we see the miracle of salvation. And Romans is really about the gospel. It's about the effect of the gospel on your life. It's about what the gospel has affected in you. Let's look at Romans chapter 1. And today I'm going to begin reading in verse 18 for context. But where we are in the book is, is verses 24 and 25. And I'll touch on those in a minute. Verse 18, For God's holy wrath and indignation are revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who in their wickedness repress and hinder the truth and make it inoperative. For that which is known about God is evident to them and made plain in their consciousness, because God himself has shown it to them. For ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature and attributes, that is, his eternal power and divinity, have been made intelligible and clearly discernible in and through the things that have been made his handiwork. So men are without excuse, altogether without any defense or justification, because when they knew and recognized him as God, they did not honor him and glorify him as God, or give him thanks. But instead they became futile and godless in their thinking, with vain imaginings, foolish reasoning, and stupid speculations, and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Professing to be smart, they made simpletons of themselves." 
and by them the glory and majesty and excellence of the immortal God were exchanged for and represented by images resembling mortal man and birds and beasts and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their own hearts to sexual impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, abandoning them to the degrading power of sin because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. So be it. Beginning in verse 18, we see Paul is speaking of the unrighteous, the wicked, the ungodly, the lost, who in their wickedness suppress, put down, hold back, deny the righteousness of God, the truth. Now these men are sinners, and they're wicked in who they are. So let me ask you a question. How many sins does it take to become a sinner? Usually you see people say one. One. One sin. And you know what? If you believe that it takes our sin to make us sinners, then you believe that we do in order to be. That's not true. We presume that doing precedes being. We believe that people either become sinners or saints by either doing sinner things or saintly things. But it's always who we are based in what we do, based in our behavior. And this is a deception that affects our relationship with the Lord. It affects our ability to believe the truth about ourselves and about God and about what God says about us as His children about the work of Christ and how He redeemed us, how He literally poured His righteousness into us and made us a new creation. The old has passed away, made us righteous and holy and perfect in His sight. But if we believe it is our behavior that defines us, then we have a problem with our relationship with the Lord. You see, the righteous are righteous by birth. And sinners are sinners by birth, not by behavior. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, as sin came into the world through one man, and death as the result of sin, so death spread to all men, no one being able to stop it or escape its power, because all men have sinned. Sin and death spread to all. No one was able to stop it. And why weren't they able to stop it? Because they were born in sin. They were literally born into the lineage of Adam, and they were born into the heritage of sin. The lineage of Adam, our lineage in our physical birth, was established at conception. Romans 5.18 says, Well then, as one man's trespass... One man's false step and falling away led to condemnation for all men. So one man's act of righteousness leads to acquittal and right standing with God and life for all men. So just as we were born into the lineage of Adam upon our physical birth, we needed to exchange the heritage of sin and death for a new life. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus said, Lord, what must I do to be saved? He says, you must be born again. And we've heard that so often, we've just kind of passed it over. We don't recognize the truth of it. 
You have to be moved out of Adam's lineage into Christ. You literally have to be removed from the lineage of sin into the lineage of righteousness. Christ. You must pass from death to life. You must become a new creation altogether. That's what he did for us. 2 Corinthians 5.17, a verse we've read quite often. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old, previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. And you may ask me, why are we going through that again? Listen, the Spirit of God has to remind me of that every day of my life. Every day of my life, I choose. I choose to either walk in the truth of who I am or believe the lie that the enemy, the flesh, and the power of sin wants me to believe about who I am. I cannot embrace him. I cannot walk with Him. I cannot live my day as though He were intimately connected with me. If I believe that there is some chance, some some small chance that He might reject me because of my behavior. You know, we talk about when you fall, you got to fall forward. you got to fall towards Him. And I can't get up from where I've fallen and begin to walk in truth if I believe that somehow I have, I have separated myself from Him. I've got to find Him. I've got to pull Him back in. I've got to beg and plead for the forgiveness that He died to give me and gave all men one time for all rather than to receive all that He has for me. You know what? Repentance, we've talked about, is simply just turning away from what you've been, away from Him, from what you've done, in spite of Him, for the sin that you've had in your life. It is simply turning away and putting your focus, your attention on Him. And saying, Father, I agree about my sin. Let's go. Let's go forward. I repent. Let's go forward. I want to walk with You. It's not that I want to get on with my life. I want to get on with your life. And if you don't take that attitude, you'll be like I was for years, on your knees, begging, pleading, constantly asking God to somehow cleanse you and make you righteous. That is so wrong. The enemy's greatest deceit is to keep us asking for what Christ has already given us. We are redeemed. We are kept. If you are a child of God, then you are who you are by birth. You are in Christ and you are not enslaved to the world or to sin. In contrast, the lost man is enslaved. And this is who Paul is describing. The lost is a sinner not because he sins, he's a sinner because of his birth, his lineage. The lost are slaves to the power of sin because they were born in sin. We are in Christ. Sin no longer has power over us. The lost are sinners by nature. The child of God has a new nature. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. It says, For His divine power has 
bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by and to his own glory and excellence and virtue. You think he's talking about your mental understanding? You think that's what he's talking about? Through our knowledge of him? He's talking about your intimacy with him. He's talking about your relationship with Him. Through your relationship with Him. That relationship that is secured in Him. That can never be separated from you. Through that relationship, you have all that you need. The greatest lie that the enemy in the world tries to present to us is that there is something out there we've got to have. And even in the church. Even in the church, You have men declaring to you that there's something you need. You have all that you need in Christ Jesus. Everything. We continue in the verse. He said, by the means of these, by the means of this great relationship that you have with Him, He has bestowed on us His precious, exceedingly great promises. In other words, I experience all that He is through my relationship with Him, through my intimacy with Him. I know His love by yielding to that love and expressing that love to others. I know His grace by yielding to that grace, receiving that grace in my failures and extending that grace to others. I know His provision by resting upon it, by walking in it, and by understanding that He is the provision of my soul and my life. I know Him and I know His precious promises through the relationship that I have with Him. And I walk in it. Through that relationship, we know His exceedingly great promises so that through them you may escape by flight from the moral decay, rottenness, and corruption that is in the world because of covetousness, lust, and greed and become sharers, partakers of the divine nature. You know what he's talking about? You've been given a nature that is to be in union with Him. You've been given a nature that is to walk connected with Him. When you become a partaker of the divine nature, you are in an intimate relationship that cannot be broken. You have the ebb and flow of His life within you. And when you participate in that divine nature, yielding to that divine nature, you participate, learn, and grow in the exceedingly great promises that He's given us. And this is how we do it. We don't do it by having big experiences. It's not in the spectacular. It's getting up in the morning and saying, Jesus, You are my life. I will know You in this day. It is looking at your child and saying, I have no idea within, I have no idea what to say to you, but I know a Father who is greater than I am. He will speak to you in this. It's looking at the problems that you face and say, you know what, every problem is too big for me, but I have within me a God that has already set my path and has already set before me the good works that He would do and participate with me in. Ephesians 2.10 It is you recognizing 
that you have a God even when the world denies Him and your circumstances don't seem to reveal Him. That's how we know Him. You have a divine nature. The lost man does not. The nature of the lost is wicked and unrighteous. They have no love or desire for the truth or for God. They have rejected Him. Now let's look at verse 24. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their own hearts to sexual impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, abandoning them to the degrading power of sin. Because they have rejected God and have refused His salvation and grace, God gave them up to their own desires. You know, we have a saying that we use quite often around here, and that is, sin punishes sin. God doesn't have to use lightning bolts. Sin punishes sin. A cancer, you don't have to be punished for having cancer. Cancer punishes itself, doesn't it? The reality is alcoholism punishes itself, doesn't it? Everything that hits your life is its own punishment. The truth is sin punishes sin. And what we're seeing here is the sin principle at work. Sin punishing sin in the lives of the ungodly. Yes. And it's not talking about that eternal judgment for the lost. It's talking about here and now. The greatest punishment for the ungodly man as he walks upon the earth is him giving way to the wickedness within him. It's in the, it's him gathering unto himself all the things of this world. For everything that he takes unto himself will be a corruption. Sin punishes sin. Do not be fooled by the smiles and the placid looks. The truth is, behind them there's emptiness. There's darkness. It says, Paul gave them up. And what that really doesn't mean that God and evil got into a tug of war and evil won. That's not what that says. It's literally talking about God allowing these people who were resolute in their determination to practice wickedness to go on with their lives. That's what it was. These guys are born in wickedness. They have determined to reject God. God simply let them have their determination. You see, man chooses. He doesn't choose to be born in sin, but he chooses to remain there. Evil and wickedness in man is progressive. Have you not seen that? It's like a radical cancer. It's not finished till you are. It just keeps going. He simply let them have the desire of their heart to pursue wickedness. Now notice that it is in their hearts. And that is a reference to the mind, will, and emotions. That is the soul or the seed of personality. They are lost so they don't have a spirit like we have. They have a darkened spirit that has no light in it. And they don't have the balance of the Spirit of God. They have no life at the center. And we know that the soul is simply an instrument. It was designed and put in us to be an instrument for the Spirit of God. When God says, be filled with the Holy Spirit, He means in the mind, in the will, in the emotion, for you are already filled in the Spirit itself. He calls you to be filled so that you might have balance, like the lost man does not, in the mind. That you might have balance, like the lost man does not, 
in the emotions. That you might have balance in your decisions and the things that you elect to do. This is the direction. Ladies and gentlemen, we are sheep. Sheep need a shepherd. And God has so designed us as His children, the new creation, who now have within them the habitat, the place of worship for the Spirit of God to dwell. God has designed us to allow the mind, will, and emotion to share in the truth within us. And it is through the mind that we experience His wisdom. It is through the emotions that we know His joy. It is through the will that we walk in obedience and find the rewards of His precious promises. This is how Christ in you becomes the hope of glory. This is how we express the truth to the world. But the lost man has no such balance. This which was designed to draw from him, draws from whatever's out there. It is completely empty and wicked. It has nothing in it. You see, when the lost man makes choices, they don't have the Spirit of God within them to bring balance to their decision. They are without any internal balance. Their soul is supposed to be an instrument of the Spirit, but what does it become? It becomes an instrument of the flesh. It becomes an instrument of the power of sin. It becomes an instrument of Satan and the world. And for them, there is only the restraint of nurture and external consequences. There is none in their nature. Do you understand that? In the lost, there is only the external restraints of nurture and consequences. There is none in their nature. And the truth is that whatever godly balance there is in this nation or in this world is there because of the presence of the Spirit of God and His people. When we leave this earth, you will see a grand picture of sin, punishing sin. But you know what? The lost man won't recognize it. They won't recognize it until it becomes cataclysmic, until it becomes too big to deny also, you will notice that they choose not to receive. They choose to allow their body to become an instrument of sin. And we know that what we allow to reside in the soul will find its expression in the body, and the most prevalent outward expression of wickedness is sexual impurity, is it not? It distorts the purposes of God's creation and makes the body an instrument of sin. Romans 6.6 6 says, We know that our old unrenewed self was nailed to the cross with Him in order that our body, which is the, which is, this present tense, which is the instrument of sin might be made ineffective and inactive for evil, that we might no longer be slaves of sin. That's a condition of the lost man. He's a slave to sin. He's a slave to the power of sin. You see, the enemies of God will seek to mar and pervert God's creation. The farther out a man pursues wickedness, the greater distortion you see in his body. I mean, you see it today. Look around you. You see all the outrageous things people are doing with their bodies. And if you haven't seen, just go to the grocery store. I mean, there's a, there's a real picture for you there. 
they will do all manner of outrageous things to their bodies in order to feel significant. The Amplified makes the note that they abandon themselves and their bodies to the power of sin. Now we've discussed this in, in Bible study, and there may be some in here that haven't heard this, but there's a difference between sin and sins. Sins is an activity or a behavior, an action. It can even be what we allow our minds to dwell on. But sin, S-I-N singular, is named in the Bible as an entity of force that has a desire to control. And what's first mentioned in Genesis chapter 4 verse 7 where God says to Cain, Sin crouches at your door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. It's mentioned again in Romans 7. Paul speaks of it in Romans 7.20. He says, now if I do what I do not desire to do, it is no longer I doing it. It is not myself that acts, but the sin principle which dwells within me fixed and operating in my soul. You see, there is an entity called sin that dwells within the body that is ever seeking to have control and deliver the soul and body as a yielded tool over to wickedness. And this power is a power that has enslaved the lost man, but the saved can choose to resist it. They can choose to live to the truth within them. They can overcome it by the power of the Spirit of God within us. But if you don't understand that, then you'll find yourself at war with yourself. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.